Hey, it's Beth here, episode 503. Okay, I woke up this morning and I was thinking about my father's business partner named Jimmy O'Toole. It's complicated because um, he was a dwarf, but, and I don't know how to tell the story. I don't know if I should call him a little person. I don't know what to do in today's world. But in Jimmy's world, he ruled the world. He and my dad were in Germantown in 1920. They also called it Deutschland, Klein Deutschland, the small Germany, Deutschchandel, the smallest Germany. And there they were on the Lower East Side with all the other guys on the street. Jimmy was a, was a dwarf. He was a handsome, handsome guy. He could play stickball better than anybody on the street. He knew the stats of every ball player. And you could, his strike zone was so small that he would get on base no matter what. My dad loved this guy. They were so close, like twins. And the best thing about Jimmy is, if you went to the stadium to try to go see a ball game, Jimmy would get you in. If you were hungry and you needed a hot dog, Jimmy would get it for free. My father said he knew how to work the system. And he did it and made everybody happy that free hot dogs came. Here, Jimmy, take it. Get one for your friend. Everybody loved to make Jimmy happy. And Jimmy, when he got older, was the biggest tipper in town. The only time they separated was during the war. Jimmy couldn't get into the you know, service, he said it was that he had arthritis. Who knows? Anyway, that was Jimmy. So that was their only break. When my dad came home, he was looking for a job and everybody was talking about paperwork and my father hated paperwork. So he went to work for this printing press company that sold the biggest, clunkiest, heaviest printing press in America. Old technology, I, it would run forever, you couldn't kill it, but it was at least twice as heavy as anything else on the market. Nobody could sell it, nobody. My dad got a job there, no paperwork Matt, and hire whoever you want. And it was the biggest commission in town if you could sell this clunker. My dad started and he realized he needed amazing backup. He hired Jimmy. Jimmy comes in, the two of them start working. It's going okay. Still not closing the sale. My dad says, Jimmy, listen, I want to ask you to do me a favor. Will you do me a favor? Jimmy said, that depends. My dad said, look, we're not, we're not closing the deal. I need you to develop a stutter. We need it. We need it, Jimmy. We need it. Jimmy looked at my dad and he said, listen, I'll do it, but you got to get me a car first. I want to drive. I want a car. There's no way you could get a license in New York. So my father went to his friend who sold Cadillacs, Jack Keegan, all over Long Island. His philosophy was when the ashtray got filled up, people came in for a new Cadillac. Jimmy wanted a canary yellow Cadillac. He wanted to make a statement. My dad couldn't find one. 
but he did find a Jennifer Blue Cadillac. He said that Cary Grant had the very same model, got it because his daughter's name was Jennifer. Jimmy said, all right, I'll take it. My dad taught him how to drive with a stick, not a stick shift, but with a stick. He sat on five pillows, Jimmy did, and he had a stick to press gas and brakes. He was a fantastic driver. I, I, I was in his car. There was no stopping this guy. He was as smooth as silk. So they got to work and my dad got him a mahogany coat rack because Jimmy said, I'll develop a stutter. And it had brass coat handles and he had one put in low for my dad. When I would visit, Jimmy said I could use it. When I would visit, Jimmy would say, hey, you're somebody I can talk to. We were the same height. He was funny, he was wonderful. And when he developed the stutter, the sales came in like it was an avalanche of sales. Because my dad would take these guys out to dinner, mostly guys from the Midwest. Every single one in came into town. A lot of them wanted a girl. All of them wanted to meet somebody. Maybe Jack Parr, maybe Jack Benny, maybe Johnny Carson, uh, maybe Rodney Dangerfield who had a club who would actually sit down at the table. It was great, everything was great, but still closing on the clunker printing press was impossible. Until Jimmy would roll in towards the end of the night, the guy would be a little bit lubricated the possible sale. Jimmy would come, my dad would go, hey Jimmy, glad you finally made it. The appointment was four hours ago. Jimmy would say I was, he was sorry, you know, took him a while to get there. Jimmy would shake hands with the guy, the fellow would like him. Jimmy had a ferocious grip on his handshake. Very impressive to everyone. They'd sit down, guy would be cool. They'd start talking about the product. Jimmy would roll in just all the greatest features and everything and the guy would still be on the fence. My dad would have the paperwork. Everything was great. It was getting late at night. Finally, Jimmy would order and he'd order shrimp and then he'd tell the guy, look, if we can't close the deal, I've got a small party going on at my apartment. With his stutter, he'd be doing this to the guy. He'd be telling him his life story and he would lay it on thick. It was a different life, completely different life. It was actually stolen from Charles Dickens. He became Tiny Tim. He told this guy this horrible, wrenching, sad story till the guy signed on the dotted line. Jimmy, Jimmy, please. Okay, I'll buy the printing press. This went on for years. My father and he became wealthy. They had a ball. Everything was going great. Till Jimmy hit 32. And he looks over at my dad and he says, I, I, I wanna get married. Oh, my dad was like, well, let me work on it, Jimmy. Let me work on it. My dad would get him set up with girls. Jimmy would say, there's no magic. Finally, Jimmy did his own work on this subject. And he, a competitor's secretary was named Margaret. Jimmy's favorite name in the whole wide world was Margaret. He started calling, saying crazy things about products and how we needed to uh, 
work together and uh, maybe we needed a convention and she would go tell her boss all these things. Jimmy just kept her on the phone saying whatever he could think of to say. They were getting along beautifully. I, it was, he felt like Cyrano de Bergerac, although he said I would give anything to have a big nose. Especially in New York, I could do it, no big deal. I could handle the pressure. He said, this is the first real thing in my life. He's telling my dad, first real thing in my life. And I'm afraid, I'm afraid. My father's like, listen, you gotta, you gotta meet her. You gotta meet her. So he said, look, I'll invite her to dinner and I'm gonna take her to the Sign of the Dove, most romantic restaurant in New York City at the time. But he said, uh, Matt, I need you to be on, at the table behind me. Kind of Cyrano, what if I pass out? What if I throw up? I need backup. My dad's like, I'll be there. I'll be there. I go to the restaurant. Luckily, Sign of the Dev was one of the restaurants that people wanted to go to in New York. Jimmy given all the ladies big tips. Mater D, everyone. He was a tipper. If you smiled and were nice to him, he was overly nice to you. Walks into the Sign of the Dove. Everybody's loving him. Everything's fine. Margaret shows up. She's actually adorable. And she's short. She's kind of like five feet tall. This is a, this is an impossible. Just break, lock, everything. He's looking at her. She's so cute. She walks up to his table and she smiles at him. Jimmy, it's like she knew. Somebody told her she didn't care. They had the best dinner. My dad left. No problem. Everything's fine. Jimmy's not even coming to work. He's singing tunes. He's so happy. They're getting married. Three months. He can't wait. He can't wait. They get married. He takes her to Barbados because he heard it sounds pretty. He likes the way it sounds. They're going to Barbados. The wedding, biggest wedding in New York. St. Patrick's Cathedral. Everyone came. Every waitress he ever had. Every He knew. The one thing about Jimmy is if you told him your story and he saw you six years later, he'd say, how's your, how's your son Billy? Did he get on the baseball team? You remembered everything. People remember you when you remember them. So the wedding was packed. The reception, he spent a fortune on the reception. He took over a country club, brought them all out to the island, took over a country club, and the party went on till the morning. Everybody loved it. Everybody loved Jimmy. People talked about it for months on end. Jimmy and Margaret went on their honeymoon to Barbados. They were supposed to be back in 10 days. They didn't come back for a month. My dad's not concerned. Everything's great. Jimmy deserves it, he told everybody. He should spend as long as he wants in Barbados. He and Margaret were happy. But the bells were rolling in. The sales were not happening. Finally, Jimmy comes in and he says, Maddie, I'm sorry. He goes, what are you sorry for? I'm quitting. I'm moving to Vermont. My father says, you've never been to Vermont. Nobody moves to Vermont. He said, yeah, I'm moving to Vermont. Margaret's family has a farm. Oh my God. No, Jimmy, no. It snows in Vermont in the winter. 
No one will find you till the spring. You can't move to Vermont. You can't run a farm. You don't know anything about farming. It involves animals. You don't know anything about animals. You don't even have a dog. You've never had a cat. You can't do it. You said I had a turtle. Don't you remember? Your turtle died. Jimmy, please, don't do this. Don't do it to Margaret's family. Leave them alone. Stay with me. We're a team. We're a team. Everybody needs you. Everybody missed you. Look at this place. It's falling apart. Jimmy says, I know it's falling apart, but I gotta go. So he did. He left. He was happy. He and Margaret had one child. She wanted more. He said, let's not push our luck. Kid was great. Kid turned out to be five foot six. It was a miracle. And it was a girl. Happy as he could be. On the other hand, my dad, the company actually folded without Jimmy, without Jimmy Magic, without the great Jimbo. The company folded. No one could sell those printing presses anymore. It didn't matter if they were going to last for 50 years. They were ugly, old, and big, and fat. So that's how I ended up in Texas. It was Jimmy. But did Jimmy deserve the happiness? Yeah. Did my father eventually forgive him? No. That's another story. But Jimmy deserved it. The greatest salesman New York City ever, ever had and ever will have. No one like him. And did he run the farm well? Yeah, he did. They practically broke even every year. It, it just turned out that the money he'd saved and the money he needed, needed every year balanced out to the very end. Jimmy and Margaret left the farm to their daughter. Their daughter sold the farm for a subdivision. It doesn't matter. Jimmy's life was Jimmy's life, and he thought it was perfect. Not the greatest farmer, but the greatest salesman that New York ever had. And I just wanted to tell the story. So that's Jimmy, Jimmy O'Toole, the great Jimbo. And just made me happy. And it kept me sane today. So I will be back. Thanks.